In this week's The Horror Movie That Almost Was, we'll be looking at the Halloween sequel that never quite made it to production, Halloween 3D. The Halloween series has had many ups and downs over the years. Is Michael the living embodiment of pure evil? Is he a cult-controlled monster? Or is he a hulking redneck with some seriously dilapidated threads? Everyone has their preferred version of the character. This proposed film was actually going to be a sequel to Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. And to say that Rob Zombie's Halloween series is, well, divisive would be a bit of an understatement. Some people really enjoy the very dark and gritty entries with how much they expand upon the Michael Myers origin, while others just view it as low-yield trash. I'm sorry, I'm Both viewpoints are entirely valid, and it really just comes down to taste. Hell, even Quentin Tarantino has come out in defense of the zombie films, praising their peck-and-paw aesthetic and the performances from Dagfair, Danielle Harris, and Brad Dourif. Unfortunately, the critics didn't agree, and the film received scathing reviews. After the critical derision of Zombie's second film, the series was put on pause, with Zombie even saying that he had no intention of returning to the franchise. This was likely due to the studio interference and Zombie lacking final cut. This resulted in a director's cut that proved to be quite different from what was released theatrically. In fact, both Zombie's theatrical cuts featured extensive reshoots, while his director's cuts use almost entirely footage shot during the original production. Not wanting to deal with the same process for a potential third film, Zombie opted out entirely. But, executives at Dimension Films were not going to let Zombie's departure sway them from keeping the train rolling on, especially when they wanted that train to be in glorious 3D. Enter Todd Farmer and Patrick Lussier. The filmmaking duo had teamed up prior on My Bloody Valentine 3D, a film that exceeded all expectations and provided a worthwhile remake amongst the 3D craze. They were in the midst of prepping their Nick Cage starring Drive Angry, another 3D venture. A major factor in getting their Halloween sequel made was simple. Can you write and shoot this film in a mere three months and make it in 3D? What film could possibly be made from start to finish in only a few months time? Well, according to the optimistic pitch by Farmer and Lucier, their version of Halloween 3D checked all the boxes. I'm sure you're wondering just which characters and actors would be joining Halloween 3D. Thankfully, we have quite the reliable source on that. So everything happened very quickly. I believe they had talked to Tyler first and foremost that Malik had talked to him. I think Malik reached out to Scout as well. You know, we had originally wanted to make Laurie's character even more of a thing in the movie, they had asked to make less of Lori. That's why we added the other female lead character. Right. Oh, we talked to Tom Atkins, because yeah. Tom was going to play the doctor, who has one of the best uh, 3D death scenes ever uh, with his head floating in a fish tank. And he loved that. He was very excited for that to happen. The script was well liked, yet production halted, deciding to revisit the film after Drive Angry was completed. Unfortunately, that never seemed to happen. With time, the 3D trend started disappearing until it had died completely. And the more time that passed, the more Rob Zombie's Halloween was put in the rearview mirror. This was a problem, given that Halloween 3D was a direct sequel to his series. In fact, the beginning of the proposed film even took place at the end of Halloween 2, in the shed with Laurie, Michael, and Loomis. Now, from here, there are two things that need to be clarified. This script would follow the theatrical ending of Halloween 2, and as it currently stands, 
This version of the film isn't nearly as widely available. The director's cut has become the preferred version, mostly due to Zombie's insistence. In this cut, Michael stabs the crap out of Loomis, then walks out, getting shot a ridiculous amount by the cops. And then we... Oh, wait. Still going? Wow, still going? Okay, this is getting... Wait. Are we done? Okay, so... Then Lori stumbles out, knife in tow, and also gets shot. We end on a bird's eye view of Michael, Lori, and Loomis all lying dead on the grass. Fairly definitive, and takes away the sequel by killing off the main characters. Seems likely to be the reason that Zombie prefers this version. In the theatrical cut, however, Michael kills Loomis and is then shot by a sniper. Lori leans down next to Michael, takes his knife, and starts violently stabbing him in the face. She's out of her gourd at this point. She takes Michael's mask, decides it would look better on her, and walks out of the shed wearing it. Still following along? Okay, good, because this is where it gets confusing. Both the theatrical and director's cut then fade to a scene with Lori in an asylum, clearly having lost her mind, seeing her long-dead birth mom, and a unicorn. Because, well, why not? While the director's cut makes this asylum scene more metaphorical, the theatrical cut leaves us with the idea that Lori has gone crazy and is now in a mental hospital. That's the ending that Farmer and Lucier are going with for their film. Only, not quite. Confused yet? Don't worry, it gets simpler. We, we start on Rob Zombie's ending, and we sort of retell it, our version of what really happened. And uh, at the end of that sequence, Scout stumbles out in front of you know, the cops everywhere, and she stumbles out, falls to her knees, and, she, and Michael has put the mask on her. So she's wearing the mask, and she pulls the mask off, and as she does, you know, we go from 2D to 3D, and that was his idea. And I, so the movie opens in 2D, and the moment we start our story, it goes 3D. I thought that was great. In the Halloween 3D version of events, Loomis was stabbed to death by Lori, who was in a deep psychosis. For a while there, we were trying to figure out if we could keep Lewis because we were both fans of Malcolm McDowell, and then we realized that that wasn't going to work. I'm sure you're wondering, what happened to Michael? Well, while the cops close in on the shed, Michael escapes the building through a small hole in the floor. How this hulking beast managed to sneak past a bunch of cops is beyond me. But hey, it's a slasher, and however we get Michael back in his element, I'm all for it. I still visually love the idea of, of taking Rob's Tyler, which was a T-Rex, and taking that same giant 6'8 human and making him Carpenter's the shape. One aspect of the script that's very interesting is the dynamic between Michael and Lori. It continues the idea that Michael doesn't want to kill Lori per se, he just wants to have his family back together. So he attacks the cop car that is escorting Lori, and she goes with him, willingly. This could be due to the psychosis we see her succumbing to throughout Zombie's second outing, or it could be a nod back to Jamie Lloyd from the Thorn trilogy. Either way, it's an unexpected team-up that leaves you wanting more. Unfortunately, this is right at the beginning of the script. Michael and Laurie are separated, and we're left with what would be a fairly standard slasher movie that moves from a cemetery to an asylum to some fall concert complete with a giant pumpkin. There's a lot going on in this story. And if you came for grisly kills, Farmer and Lucier really brought them in style. They made sure to bring back the key element of what works so well in Zombies films, a giant, terrifying killer that barrels through his victims like he's going to the Olympics for murdering as harshly as possible. 
but they quickly dispatch most of the tracings of Zombie fairly quickly. And while Tyler Maine would have been brought back as Michael, it wouldn't have been the bearded hermit that we got in the second outing. Instead, Halloween 3D would feature the more traditional form of the shape, with the classic white mask and blue coveralls. This was meant to be closer to Carpenter's Michael Myers, while still maintaining a connection with Zombie's film with recurring actors. Unfortunately, the film never entered production, and we were never able to see what Halloween 3D would have looked like. This one's one I regret because I, I really felt like this would have been fun. Plus, I wouldn't have had to take my pants off, so this would have been great. <laughs> oh. Lucier and Farmer went on to make Drive Angry in 2012 and Trick in 2019, and seemingly left the Halloween franchise behind them. Once the potential 3D sequel was shelved, the idea of a Halloween sequel was dead in the water. The more time that passed, the more the idea of a sequel to the zombie films lost its appeal. Would audiences even want to follow along with that timeline? Or should they just continue the series from the other canon and just make another Michael Myers entry? This idea was toyed with for a bit, as Patrick Melton and Marcus Dunstan signed on for a film titled Halloween Returns. This went the way of Halloween 3D and never quite saw the light of day. Although, unlike the Farmer and Lucier script, which is rather hard to find, the Dunstan Melton script is very widely available, and may just be a video for another time. Thankfully, Blumhouse stepped in and produced the film we now know as, well, Halloween. Yeah, that name kind of confuses things. Either way, we got Jamie Lee Curtis back in her legendary role as Laurie Strode, John Carpenter back to consult slash compose the score, and fresh voices from David Gordon Green and Danny McBride. So who knows if we would have gotten this wonderful film if Halloween 3D was actually able to go through. But with all the what-ifs involved, it's hard not to be at least a little curious.